What's happening, podcast listeners? Uh, it's your boy, Matt Baxter, on, yeah, the Matt Baxter Show, hanging out with Sebastian Grease, coming to you live from Munich, Germany. Sebastian's just a great, great guy. We have a lot of fun on this podcast. He has uh, He's covered a wide range of stuff. We talk startups. We talk raising a little capital. We talk his journey, and uh, we just have a blast. Sebastian's a good man, and I learned a ton, and I hope everybody uh, enjoys this podcast just as much as I did. And Sebastian, thank you for being an influential individual who loves to impact lives, and uh, you're a good man. So thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Sebastian, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we were, uh, it's it's Monday here in the States, and sounds like you are recording uh, where it's uh, halfway through Monday. Uh, so where, where in the world are you? Yes, I'm, I'm close to Munich, actually, in, in Germany, and happy to be here. Looking forward to our chat. Yeah, this is going to be a blast. So, uh, you know, just... What's what's the life story? I mean, I, I we've got a lot we're going to dive into. We got a lot of fun that we're going to have, but you know, just give me the background. Where'd you come from, uh, and kind of what led you up to today? So my, my my story, my my personal story is actually I'm I was growing up uh, close to Munich uh, with my parents. I didn't have any entrepreneurial background back in the days. Uh, the the closest I was was delivering the newspaper, now collecting the money and all that kind of things. Uh, but my, my, my father was a civil engineer, my mother was a nurse, so I didn't have any entrepreneurial background back then. And when you grow up actually close to Munich, you now you're becoming kind of associated with automotives, BMW is very close, everyone's working there. And I, I was kind of interested in mobility, transportations or cars per se. So I decided to study mechanical engineer. And it didn't took me too long to understand that this is really not the thing for me. You know? <laughs> Sebastian, my, my, uh, my family uh, is predominantly uh, doctors or nurses. And I quickly learned that uh, medicine is not for me. So I can very much relate to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly the thing. No, because if you get into that study, you, you try to, you, you're going to understand that you're basically going to have a job where you're optimizing some part, some part uh, by a percentage. And that was really just like boring to me, probably. So I was trying to, to figure out what I want to do next. And, and the thing was, lucky enough, I was able to join the entrepreneurship program at the Technical University of Munich. And that opened a complete new new horizon for me, complete new perspective. They teach us the fundamentals of entrepreneurship, how you identify your ideas, how you bring up your, your team up to speed, how you identify the right team, the right organization for your business model, all those kind of things that you need to do, centering your, your customers and uh, talking to them and really iterating on your product. And that was a natural fit for me because I, I was really interested. And that was a moment where I really understand I'm interested in how does technology actually change the world? How does it affect existing industries? And, and how can we actually use technology for a, a, for a better reason or to make the world a better place? And then I, I had a great opportunity to go to Stanford to finish my studies. So I went to Stanford University, spent there a couple of months, and that was, again, mind-opening. Uh, I do remember when I was listening to Peter Thiel, 
and he he explained how they changed the payment industry with PayPal back in the days. And I, I knew I want to be in that intersection. I know I, I understood that I want to understand what kind of technologies are shaping our lives and and all the environment that we are in. And that since 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 then I. I was always working in the section. I was coming back then from Stanford University, going to Munich due to, uh, to, to personal reasons, and joined a, a big company back in the days, SH20, in order to understand actually how a big corporate does decision uh, making. And I, I was able to do really like interesting projects in all kind of different areas. So it was. I was there spending some time in Madrid. I was spending time in, in, in our Munich head office and was working on projects like Hyperloop. And that, that, that made me uh, really proud. And we, we had a great community. But I understood as well that I was, that I was still in a big corporate, you know, and I was interested in working together closer with, with founders. With uh, entrepreneurs. So I decided back then to join, to do first of all, to do my own entrepreneurial uh, journey. So I founded a company together with a friend of mine. It completely miserable failed. And we, we, we just started, we took our lessons and we moved on. But then I said, I want to join uh, a, a organization which is working very closely with entrepreneurs. So I had the opportunity to join Next47, which is the one billion under um, is, is is the venture capital arm at Siemens with one billion under management. And I was part of the initial team where we really identified how do we want to work together with entrepreneurs, how do we create that organization, how do we want to work together with entrepreneurs in order to create the most value for for the entrepreneur, but as well for our organization. Back, back in the days, I was able to really deep dive into autonomous driving and what, what kind of investments field we do see, what kind of new developments we do see. And I was able to really worldwide talk to entrepreneurs about the state of the technology, how it's going to change, the way we're going to move and the, the way we're going to um, live. And then I, uh, after, after that, I got the the offer of the CTO of mobility, because I had that mobility background. Uh, we do have, within the organization of Siemens, we do have a separate division, which is Siemens Mobility. And they asked me whether I would like to join the organization, because they had the intention to work closer with entrepreneurs. And we cannot invest in each and every startup that we would like to collaborate. So we decided that I'm going to focus on and come up with a concept on how to work together with startups. We had some experience at Siemens before I was building up on that one and was really designing an organization which is today called Station X, where we are kind of the bridge between the two worlds of, of entrepreneurs and, and corporate. And we try to make those two worlds work together as easy as possible. And, and trying really to eliminate all, all the barriers that are in there and make long-term partnerships happen. Yeah, and the last step that I now did was 
focusing on an executive MBA in parallel, so know you, that you know what you're going to do on the weekends. I, I did an uh, executive MBA at IESA Business School and had almost two years a blast on learning how to how to really my, my intention was basically how can I scale an idea into a big venture that has that, that has the potential to really impact an industry. So I, I already understood I was working in big corporates, but I wanted to also be able and have the tool set to scale something from an idea into a significant venture. So I was finishing that one uh, early this year, and now I'm fully committed to Station X currently and working together with entrepreneurs. And this is what I'm currently doing and what I'm passionate about. I, uh, I mean, I love it. I don't know if you know much about my background, but I, um, my, my, my first business was a landscaping and lawn care company out of middle school and high school. And I had a chance to start and sell that definitely not a big exit. And then I, I launched a, uh, HR tech software company and, and that's what I'm running today. And it's a video interview platform. So we're a SaaS business. We've gone through the, the pains and joys of raising capital, the pains and joys of, uh, you know, what, what it's like to have good growth months and bad growth months and uh, survive and grow through a pandemic, which has been strange. So I certainly um, there's a lot that we can uh, we can jump into. But no, your, your background in startups is, is, is amazing and fantastic. And one thing I want to, you know, just kind of note, it, it's awesome how you talk about how. There was uh, such a feel for in Munich around, obviously, BMW is a huge piece there and so many people work there and how much uh, a successful and massive company like that can drive the culture and thought process all the way down to the way individuals make decisions. Uh, so I, I live in uh, Western Michigan, where there's three of the largest furniture manufacturing companies in the world, right? And so yeah. a ton of the businesses around here are supporting functions uh, or companies that literally all they do is support those larger entities all the way down to the way even investors think is they're kind of turned off by software because they're so used to physical goods or physical manufacturing or physical buildings where it's it's amazing the impact that such big corporations can have all the way down to the way people think about launching new businesses or even the thought process behind it. Yeah, no, and this is the same for, for, for Munich. No, you have so many big clients and, and uh, most of the uh, biggest clients in, in Germany, which are basically, because I'm saying clients, no, because they, there's a deep engagement together with startups. And this is the reason why you have in Munich, for example, so many B2B uh, startups, because that's a natural fit to the companies that are here. And you also see the investment side. They are very much focused on, on B2B due to that uh, USP that you have in Munich. And this is something really interesting for us. And this is also something that's, that's probably driving us in the future. You know, how to, how to work actually in that environment, in that ecosystem of in investing, M&A, venture clienting, uh, partnerships uh, together with startups. Because we, we basically understood that there is so much potential out there. Now there's like, what was the last figure? Like 90 billion US dollars uh, invested into startups. So you can't match that from a big corporate perspective. So you need to open up and you need to have an efficient and effective way on, on engaging in, in that ecosystem. And this is the thing where we, we are constantly driving for, and I'm constantly driving for, to make that as 
beneficial for both sides. So this is a this is kind of a taking a, a way step back question, but what what is what does a startup mean to you? I mean, there's like when you think about a startup, the the magnitude of range that it can cover from I want to go raise a hundred million dollars to I want to go get a 50k check from my parents to start something too. Like people have such a wide definition of that. What 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 is it? What does it mean to you? So, so for me, a startup is a, a company which has a unique, unique angle, or in our in our terms, most of the time, a unique technology, which is setting it apart from from other companies, and, that, and that's the reason why we want to work together with them. And usually, that's combined with a strong growth projection that they're gonna have, so they can have a massive impact. Um, but besides that, for me, the, the, the two people in the garage which uh, have a PowerPoint, it's not actually a startup for me, but the moment where they incorporate, where they really work full-time on it. Um, and the, the, the higher end, let's say, uh, I, I don't really have a, a cut. This is really case by case where I believe this is a startup, but it's definitely as long as they are venture capital back. Makes sense. Yeah, I love it. And we've, you know, it's kind of funny, we've gone a very non-traditional path. Uh, non-traditional in the sense of we have raised uh, a decent amount of capital, but we've done it through more angels, uh, which certainly has its its amazing pros in the sense of you've got people who are just as much investing in the founder here to see the founder grow uh, and sort of trusting the founder on the direction of the business. Uh, And, and uh, you know, they're, they're more founder focused, whereas, you know, venture capitalists, sure. They like to invest in the founder, but are much more sort of uh, driven by business results. And in the angel circumstance, in my experience, you get more leeway to create an experiment. Whereas in the VC space, it's, pour gas on what's already works. And so there's definitely pros and cons to both. There's seasons that you should take on one versus take it on the other. But it's been a uh, it's been a fascinating, fascinating learning experience, at least in my in my first go around on this, too. So I yeah, no, I, I, I love that definition. Um, so, you know, switching switching gears a little bit, I, I, I hope me double clicking on this is not a negative, but I, I hope this is a confidence you. Uh, or compliment. You mentioned having your own startup that that failed. And first off, not many people are willing to admit that. So I just want to, I, I know that probably doesn't make it feel any better, but uh, it's it's amazing that uh, you've come far enough along to, to not be afraid to admit that. I, I don't know if I would be able to myself. So I it's it's an amazing quality you have. No, but this is part of the game. Uh, and, and probably also Part of uh, that I stayed in the U.S. No, because my mentality is probably a little bit different. But I think that's part of the game. This is uh, there are odds that you not gonna make it. And uh, honestly, it's uh, still it's still a great learning experience. No, and I I would always do it again if if the right idea, the right time, and, and the right team will be there. And uh, I, I think that makes you even stronger as an entrepreneur. So I don't see it uh, as as something. For example, uh, even even myself, you now when we invested or when I'm collaborating, this is not a red flag for me. This is something where someone gained experience. We're looking at it and and see why why it happened or what happened. 
But uh, besides that, uh, if we see there is just a, an amount of, of experience that they gained, this is something that I always like because it's also like a good story, you know, and it's forming the people and it makes them serious about certain things as well and, and not just playing around. Yeah, it's uh, most most folks that I've talked to that I have done some form of angel investing or venture investing or even, you know, uh, uh, formal institutional investing. Uh, they, they all, they've all kind of said something similar where it's like, I think people are so afraid of failing. I mean, trust me, I, I, I have moments as a startup founder, I'm scared, you know, scared deathless of, of, of making sure that, you know, our company doesn't fail. But on the other side of that, most of the time, if you take another crack at it, most people look at you and say, you know what, we actually respect the fact that you started something, you failed, you learned, let's go do it again. In fact, we actually are more interested in somebody who has failed than hasn't. So I, I, I think that's a good word. Yeah. And, and that's definitely the way uh, uh, I, I would Oh, I, I like entrepreneurs who, who are afraid of failing because if they set everything up for failure at the very beginning, this is also kind of strange. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't want to have that happen. <laughs> but 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 nevertheless, no. It's uh, if, if you look back, then uh, I think everyone uh, should have that that view on hey, I learned a ton, and and people still believing in me. So, what would be like? You know, there there are the classic. What's one quality that every entrepreneur sort of has questions? Uh, and people always refer, you know, grit, uh, hard work. They don't always have to be the smartest person in the room, but they're resourceful. They're connected. You know, any number of different things. But what would be like a uh, underappreciated quality that you have found uh, among entrepreneurs you've worked with, or even among yourself? An underrepresented talent. To, 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 to be honest, the thing that I see most for um, at really successful entrepreneurs, what I see is that they are really good storytellers. They have a really good story. I don't know whether this is underrepresented, but I believe the, the, the best entrepreneurs are really the ones who can uh, tell a story that people believe in. Because especially at the very beginning, you know, you're so resource limited that you need to find people who believe in your story either it be uh, new hires or investors but you have to have a, a really good story and if you combine that with an um, execution capabilities uh, that's probably from my point of view what i've seen the strongest uh, the talents that you can have and the, 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 smart, the smartest uh, people really understand. And by execution, I mean, really, I, I, I had founders where, where I was talking to and a month later, they had completely everything implemented and were faster than they expected. And this is something, some, some people get really, uh, know how to uh, get that machine running independently of themselves so that they get things done. And this is something that, that's case by case as well. Not every company is different, but uh, the founders that I uh, really encourage and like talking to are the ones with the strong storytelling, strong visionary, and strong executed uh, capabilities. Um, so one of the, you know, kind of along the, the lines of qualities of good entrepreneurs, something that I've seen at least among good business leaders, and I think a lot of times good, good entrepreneurs, is the idea around like compartmentalization. And when you think about like uh, 
<laughs> all the, the hats you have to wear as an entrepreneur. And if you let emotionally, physically, mentally, them all affect you or have too much crossover, meaning if you have a meeting with a sales team member and you're upset or they missed a, missed a report or whatever, and then you got to go to the next meeting and tell a good story and have a positive attitude, or you got to go to the next meeting, having, you know, you lost a customer, you know, going from one event to the next event to the next event constantly, and, and being able to focus on what you're delivering or what you're speaking to, I think is, I think is a quality that, that gets missed a lot. Um, and I, I, I mean, I think it, it also carries over to a lot of, you know, personal skill set as well, too. But compartmentalization is one for me that I, I wish was emphasized more. You mean when you're talking to to the different departments, having different hats on, and and switching switching gears, and and also your thinking. Yes, just as much th that, but just as much being able to how should I say like focus where your feet are and not let sort of past moments carry over too far to what you're currently dealing with. So like one of the things they. Uh, <laughs> Uh, regardless of how you feel about politics, uh, Obama, one of the things he was so remarkably good at was he could walk into a room and they would have to, you know, have recently buried a Marine and he would be able to mourn with the people and mourn with the families. Right. And then uh, an hour later, he would go to uh, a board meeting where he would have to present, you know, some, some new bill or legislation. And then he would have to go to a celebration and his ability to sort of switch emotions or sort of be the emotions of the room caused him, I think, to be a really at least talented leader in that sense. And that's something that I've been sort of chewing on is like, as an entrepreneur, you could go through 20 different meetings and have 20 different emotions and not having those things carry over, uh, you know, over to the next meeting, over to the next meeting, over the next meeting and be present where you are, I think is a, is a huge, important quality. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And then at the same time, having having still your your, your big vision or, or your 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 general thinking uh, in in the back head, which which connects all, all the dots. You no, know? that 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 kind of drives you then. And and but then still jumping from one meeting to the next one and having completely different emotions. Um, I completely agree. Because it's also dangerous. No, at the same time. That, that that could mean also you're just getting lost in, in meetings and meetings and just dragging along. Um, but but I agree. Oh, this is this is definitely something that you that, that's one of the characteristics that can be extremely beneficial. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. Um, so Sebastian, for you, like what's 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 the point of all this? What's the big vision? What are you what are you chasing towards? What are you chasing down? What are you what are you trying to accomplish? So, so, so for me, it's really about all, all about how, how can we unlock technology in, in order to do good, you know, in order to make our lives easier, make our lives better, ha having a worldwide influence and impact on our everyday lives. This is really what, what, what's driving me in, and, and I'm always curious about learning about the latest technologies, how they're affecting us, and how can we really execute on them uh, in, in order to make the place a little bit better. I love it. I love it. So, you know, my favorite question on the planet is what gets people out of bed in the morning? So between, you know, obviously all the, the work that you've uh, done and, and especially seen in startups and, in, you know, kind of talking to that big vision of what you're talking about is, is uh, leveraging technology and, you know, how that can impact the world. What, what, what's sort of the driving force behind all this? What gets you out of bed in the morning? So for me, getting me out of the... 
out of the bed uh, in the morning. Uh, as I said, for me, for me it's uh, unlocking technology in order to make that place a little bit better. And then finally it really comes down and it boils down to the people that I'm able to talk to. And, and having, having exchange, having a chat about what, what, what is changing and how, how will our world look like in the next five to 10 years is something that I'm, I'm always curious talking about. And um, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm looking forward to, to, to the future now because what I personally interested in is, is driving. And as I said, that's the reason why I did my executive MBA as well. Having the impact on creating something new and scaling it towards something that has an impact on, on some people's lives and hopefully uh, for, for the better place. I think that's uh, I think that's such a good word. So, Sebastian, for people that want to follow along with the work that you're doing, uh, for people that want to learn more about you, what's the best way for them to either get in touch or reach out or hear more about you? The easiest way is really about LinkedIn, uh, Sebastian Kreis. Uh, there are not too many people with that name on LinkedIn, <laughs> luckily. Uh, that, that's probably the, the easiest way to reach out. Uh, there, there are some ways to follow me as well on there are some talks on link uh, uh, on YouTube, and uh, but mostly I'm communicating the ideas and thoughts and my engagement with startups on LinkedIn. I love it. Well, this podcast has been awesome, and I, I just can't thank you enough for the work that you do and the impact that you have. So thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much for hosting me. Uh, it was really like a, a plus, and I love talking to you again. Awesome. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Map Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.